to the Fuzz NBA podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fuzz. It is the year 2020. Oh shit! Another decade gone by. It's the second of January. And it's Michael Keith and Byron James, and today we have a special guest. It's Michael, mate, Daniel Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Dan. It's an honour to be here, guys. I'm a big fan of the fuzz, and I'm a big fan of both of you as humans. Oh, thanks, man. That makes it even more special. The feeling is mutual. I first met Dan on K Road in New Zealand. We were touring, played a place called the Dogs Bollocks. Yes. Um, But yeah, I met Dan back in 2009 when we were over in New Zealand, and we've been... The best of mates ever since. We have. Went to visit Dan when he's in New York, living in Brooklyn, New York, playing for the Nets, and yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a great couple of seasons with the Nets, and um, you know, KG and Paul Pierce, you know. Yeah, you are involved in that trade. Yeah, I was actually. A um, little known fact, but um, I was, and uh, I was good friends with Sean Marks. Um, he actually brought me over, and... Um, he's a good bloke. Good bloke. Some just say, you know, it was a knee injury that uh, took me out of the game, but, um, you know, I disagree, but... Still got a bit of game now. Yeah, and for all our American listeners, if you don't understand this since a few months, please go watch Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Dan is a Kiwi. We still love him, though. We love him. We've adopted him. He's now a true-blown Aussie. He's working for Universal Music Australia in Sydney, and he's kicking goals left, right, and centre. But anyway, on this episode, we are going to give you our New Year's resolutions. Three things from each of us that we want to see happen in 2020. And we're going to be covering some news around the league. There's a bit to cover. So all this and more on this episode of The Fuzz. We'll be right back. I mean, just so... Colbert! Oh, goodness! Take that, Robert Lopez! Whoa! And now a technical is going to be called, and Lopez is going to mix it up. Nas Reed getting in there. It's been a while since we've done this segment, Mick. Yeah. But I'm bringing it back. News around the league! Byron James. Today, Jonathan Isaac was stretched off during his game versus the Wizards with um, an apparent ACL injury. It didn't look good. It didn't look good. Like, best case scenario, it's only a, um, a hyperextension, but it sort of looked a little bit eerily similar to Clay's, Clay's Thompson's injury, the way he come down. So, Which sucks, because he was having himself so, such a good season. Career high in pretty much every single statistic, as well as like 2.5 blocks a game and two steals. Sort of cementing himself as one of the better defensive big men in the league. So, yeah, well, injuries he's, suck. He's one of those rangy wings that always sort of looked like he had so much potential to sort of become the next Kyle Leonard or mm. something like that. I, that's why I honestly thought that he had that kind of upside to begin with. And I think he was just starting to come into his own, like you say. So it does definitely suck. But the Orlando Magic suck anyway, so. <laughs> Not against Sixers. They always beat the Sixers. Yeah, true. Which is the only time I ever watch them. <laughs> Which is why I probably got such a high opinion of the Orlando Magic. Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, should we also mention that David Stern passed away today? David Stern passed away after suffering a brain hemorrhage three weeks ago. I was announced by Woj this morning, so pretty devastating. He was loved around the league. What do you reckon, Dan? Yeah, definitely devastating. I didn't know him personally, but obviously when I was growing up, he was quite a big he was a, figure. He was a big face of the big NBA. Big face of the NBA. Yeah. Um, I'm still not warmed up to Adam Silver's fucking head. Yeah, definitely not. No. Nah. Is it a head, though? Is it some type of <laughs> reptilian head? <laughs> it's like a penis, only smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David Stern didn't have a penis head, but 
he definitely had a good head on his shoulders, it sounds like. So, yeah, devastating news about David Stern. More news around the league! Darren Collison wants back in the NBA. Yeah, and he wants to go to an LA team. Yes, the favourites at the moment are Lakers and Clippers. Well, he's from LA. He's an LA born and bred kid. Mm. He left the NBA to be uh, a Jehovah's Witness. Is it a Mormon or something? J-Dub. J-Dub, same shit. Yeah, well, he left millions of dollars on the table because he was a free agent and he just retired. Yeah, and he was coming off the back of a pretty solid career. I mean, a pretty solid season. Yeah. Look, he'll be, he will definitely help the Lakers or the Clippers. More so the Lakers, they have a bigger need there. They're lacking heavy in the backcourt. Automatically, he's a massive upgrade over Rondo. In his last four seasons, has shot well above 40% from deep. 46% on catch and shoot. Yeah. So he's the kind of guard you want to have in a LeBron James-led offense. Yeah. Not, you know, not someone like Rajan Rondo. I mean, if you look at the way the Cavs were constructed offensively and, and the Heat, it's just stick fucking shooters around him and yeah. he'll bring the rings. Definitely. Build it and they will come, baby. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be talking more about the Lakers yeah. in just a minute. But that was all for news around the league. Um, if I could quickly interject with, with some rumours, some, some NBA rumours. Is that, is that right? We, that's oh, what mate. we love. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Great. This is a question. Is this a legitimate question? Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns, frustrated with the Timberwolves. Fair enough. And the potential trade to the Warriors. Yeah, well... Who rumoured this? I think the Warriors... This came out of Warriors blogosphere. Yes. Um, and it comes from the fact that D'Lo and Kat are really good friends. Mm. So that's kind of the, the basis of the rumour. The problem where it gets sort of let down is like D'Lo would be the obvious trade bait for Kat. Um, you know, I don't think the Warriors have enough. Unless they were to get the number one overall pick this year, mm. maybe they could sort of flip Draymond for some stuff and that pick might be enough for Kat. But look, yeah, I look, reckon... I'd, I'd part for Draymond and try and keep on a D'Lo, but uh, does this trade make sense to the Warriors? Oh, Definitely. If they, if they could pull it off, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, uh, you know, the more, I think, noteworthy thing is, is Kat actually looking out? Because it, it appears like that he might be and the clock is ticking. Mm. If he doesn't take up that, uh, like an extension, he's only going to, I think he's going to be a free agent in 2022. So yeah. pretty much if he doesn't extend next year, then it's just, they're going to have to trade him. Mm. The Timberwolves have sucked. They, yeah, re- they, they have yeah. really let him down. Yeah. Most frustrating team to watch oh. sometimes. Yeah. And Wiggins had that cute little resurgence to start the year. Yeah, was that he part of our real deal, real concern? Yeah. I, think, I think I might have said Wiggins is the real deal. Yeah, I look like a fuckwit. I definitely wanted to see it for a full season and we, we didn't even get two months. Yeah, no. Nah, I just wanted it so bad that I went with it. Um, yeah, no, look, Timberwolves looked like they were getting their shit together when they signed Jimmy Butler and... Had that season where they made, the, I think they're the eighth seed and they got swept by Warriors in the first round, but they have really been a bit of a joke since. So, look, I don't blame Carl Anthony Towns. He's an elite talent. He needs to get out of there. But look, let's talk about the Warriors for a sec. What are they only like four games out of the eight, right? Well, they're last. They're last in, in the West. <laughs> oh, fuck. But that happens to oh, yeah. put them, I think, five games behind. Yeah, well, that's the spot. okay. Yeah. So, you know, anything can happen. They've been trending, like, they've actually been winning some games. D-Lo's actually looked really good the past few weeks. Man, um, Houston, that Houston win was incredible. Let's, yeah, on Christmas Day. On yeah. Christmas Day. What happens if they're the eighth seed and Clay Thompson returns and they play in the Clippers in the first round? Would that just be the best thing ever? Oh, wow. 
And they've got Carl Anthony Towns. I, I would personally have to see the Lakers as the one seed and the Warriors as the eight seed. That would be one of the most incredible 1-8 series that I could remember. LeBron versus Steph again. Oh. Um, and then, But this time, yeah, it would just feel like such an unfair lopsided thing. I don't think it's going to happen. For one, I don't think they're good enough. And for two, I think the Warriors need the pick mm. more than they need to try to push for an eight spot. Mm. But it's fun to fantasize plus, plus, rushing Clay and Steph back would be silly. Yeah, well, Steph's ready to go now. He's been ready. He's, so you think... Oh, he's just 100% dodging the smoke. Yeah. He's he's healthy. But he's not returning this season. Oh, he... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's definitely not returning. I think they want to be able to say Steph was injured and that's why this season was bad. Mm. But the reality is Steph was already, you know, he this thing was going down in flames with or without him. Yeah. And, there was, and it was pretty obvious with the first couple of weeks of the season, so... Conspiracy Keith. Oh, there's, I don't think that's. There's just hard evidence there. Look at his plus minus for this season. It's like minus twenty six or something like that. Yeah. And that was a decent. Shit. That was that's a decent ball. amount of games. There's at least a few games. So he's mm. getting his ass kicked. Oklahoma City just thrashed them, demoralized them. Oklahoma in City are the real deal, man. First week. They're the real deal. Speaking of, and I know this is your favorite team, so we definitely do want to get to them a bit. Yeah. But if we can just put this into the rumory part, yes. Mm. Um, currently their seventh seed that will put them up against the second seed, which I think will ultimately end up being the Clippers. I, I can't think of a better two-seven matchup than OKC versus um, LAC. That'd be amazing. Yeah, because you've got Shea Gill just coming up against Paul George. I mean, <laughs> man, Clippers fans would be nervous at that point. Because mm. Paul George is... You know, he's sort of known for choking and having his pants pulled down in the playoffs. And <laughs> if it happened to be OKC that did it to him oh, shit. with the package that they <laughs> traded. Yeah, that's it. Um, but what do you reckon, Dan? Do you reckon, do you want to see him trade um, Chris Paul and to a contender? Uh, you know, inverted commas up. Or do you sort of feel like OKC are a contender and you'd rather see him be buyers? I think we need to keep Chris Paul. I think he's doing really well for the team. He's like the floor general. I feel like he's conducting the team really well. But I think they're building up a bunch of their young guys who are looking really good that I, you know, you could potentially trade in the future because they're playing really well. Mm. You know, Shrouder's playing amazing. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a potential trade. Trade ship. And a couple of those young guys, they, those picks that they got through um, the Paul George trade. Yeah. I'm really psyched about OKC. I think they're playing great mm. I'm excited about I think they could even make the playoffs this year um, that would be their 10th playoff um, consecutive consecutive yeah solid. Which, and that's definitely something I'd love to see a 10th mm. playoff um, showing I tweeted out the other day I gathered all the stats for uh, the wins the past decade and OKC are, I think they were like second behind the Spurs or something so they've just been consistent the whole decade through so yeah, at the start of the season, that was just like a foregone conclusion that Chris Paul is going to be yeah. getting traded to a contender. Yeah. Everyone was so down on OKC. And now they're just looking... They're looking more solid than they were last season with Westbrook fucking just chucking up brick after brick. Like, maybe they are buyers. Well, look, they've got Gallinari. He expires this year, $22 million, And Andre Robertson, who 
Remember that guy? Like, he, well, he went down. It was last January, it was yeah, that was, January 2018. Yeah, that he was went a, down with a that. career ender that he got. That was yeah. a back injury or knee. Oh, I just I googled before like when's he returning and like apparently his they are saying his lack of confidence is outstanding. Like it's just crazy. Like he just is has no confidence whatsoever. So it's like an NBA return is not looking like it's on the horizon. No, oh, no. but that's the saying. That's thirty million dollars of expiring salary that they've mm. got to trade right now. They've also got a bunch of assets because yeah. they picked up heaps with the um, the Paul George, Paul George trade. trade. I'd yeah. say that um, untouchable is Shea Gildas Alexander. Yeah, he's, he's probably the, the the piece that they're you know okay yeah. this is it. He's the diamond. But Terence Ferguson, yeah. I think he'd be a guy. He, they he'd could be someone good one. Ferguson's their starting two, right? Yeah, he's starting two. Yeah, they're probably gonna. Yeah, they're probably. Wanna, man, haven't they Schroeder come off the bench? Him. Is pretty epic for OKC. Yeah. Like, man, he yeah, sort sure. of runs that second unit. Eh? They've, I've been finding that he, him, and they keep going. Are in that second unit too, and it's pretty awesome. Like, solid. But yeah, so if I was OKC and I was looking to buy, I would probably be keeping Schroeder, keeping Ferguson. I'd be looking to move Gallinari as the asset, and then some future picks, which they got from the Clippers. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think they might have even got somebody else's pick in there. I think they got Miami's pick, Miami's twenty twenty, which actually isn't looking as good as it might have because Miami are a lot, a lot better now. Yeah, and that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. But yeah. um, yes, yeah, so it's just a matter of who's available. Which mm. thirty million dollar guy, which would make a difference for OKC right now, is actually available, and the answer is is not many. They need a no. they need a wing, eh? They could potentially if if Philly made a move, they've got a bunch of guys on that sort of kind of money that mm. all play the same position mm. if they were to get rid of Tobias Harris or Al Horford yeah that could like, be a, that could be a nice landing spot for OKC that'd be funny yeah. if they get, them getting Tobias Harris and coming up against the Clippers it's like you know the Spider-Man blink yeah. to the Spider-Man it'd be fucking like that because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh. at that point you sort of got I, I think like a stretchy four like Tobias Harris next to Stephen Adams Tobias Harris would actually be perfect another scorer would be yeah. would be great well, for him you want Tobias field. Harris on Christmas Day that's yep. when you, that's the Tobias you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's a bit inconsistent. Yeah. He was on fire on Christmas Day. He's a little inconsistent, I feel. But when he wants to score, he can. He's up there with the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to see it, but I'd love to see a huge reshuffling of the decks. I feel like it's line. coming for sixes. I feel like yeah. all the cracks are starting to show. Like yep. Al Horford tweeted, "I'm not tweeted." Al Horford said, um, "He just said that he didn't feel like he was being used correctly." Yeah, Josh Richardson said that he feels like there's, there's no, no accountability. accountability. Yeah, um, yeah, there's definitely some trouble in paradise down in Philly for mm. sure. Do you think? Do you think they're not respecting the kind of veteran guys coming in? I feel like the young guys are finding it hard to just follow some some wisdom. Some mm. are we talking that, about Philly here? Yeah, it's because they're two biggest yeah. stars. They're young, uh, young like Joel Embiid yeah. and Ben, and ben Simmons, are immature fucks. Yeah, but they got well, a lot them. of they they got wrong. a lot of accolades early in their career, um, but they're just not they're not nurturing. they're not really tying it t- together at the moment. They're the most talented team and the most frustrating on, team to on watch. On paper, they're probably one of the most talented <clears throat> teams for sure. Defensively, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that their roster construction is one real issue. You got Tobias Harris is a power forward, and he all the numbers show like his offensive ratings, his shooting percentages all go through the roof when he plays at the four. When he plays at the three next to Horford and Embiid, those numbers just go down. He's not quick enough. He's not Yeah. He's not a, a real wing. 
Mm. He's more of like a small ball four. Yeah. So that's one problem. He's playing out of position most of the time. Mm. Horford wants to play power forward, but he's best as a centre. Is that why Philly look better when Horford's playing the five and they shuffle Tobias up? Yeah, but even with there, there needs to be an asterisk put because they only look better when Horford plays the five and Tobias plays the four in games when Embiid plays as well and they're going up against second units. Mm. When Embiid misses a game and they start Horford at the five... The numbers aren't the best. They get, they've been getting their ass kicked a lot of the time. Yeah. So they their defense just drops off when Embiid doesn't play. So, yeah, they've got real issues and I think roster construction is part of it. And then everyone's getting frustrated that they're not able to do, like in Al Horford's case, he's not able to do what he wants to do He's not able to be used in the way that he thinks he could be best used. And it's like, well, look who you're playing with. You're playing with three other power forwards, essentially. Yourself. Mm. I believe Simmons is a power forward too. That's part of, that's part of the problem. I was about to well. say that. I was about to say I'd like to see Simmons play in a dif- different position because he's so effective mm. down low. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like he'd be, he's, he's athletic. He can, you know, if he's in the post, he can make, he can pass. He's, I don't know, he can rebound. They need Darren Collison. Yeah, he would be great there. <laughs> he would actually be a really he, good fit for him. He's, he's definitely not going to go there. No. I, yeah, when I won't. think about Ben Simmons at Philly, he can play point guard, and especially in transition once well, he gets a rebound, they get it to him and he, and yeah. he takes oh, off. Oh, he's, it's none better. Yeah. He's actually a really good distributor of the ball. Like, it's not just anyone could average nine assists a game like he no. does. Do you know what I mean? It takes a certain skill set, and he has that with the size, the speed, everything else. But in the half court, he doesn't do any point guardy things. He doesn't. He's not a pick and roll ball handler. He's not a spot up shooter. He doesn't get into the elbow and take jump shots from there like most point guards do. Like if you watch Damian Lillard or Chris Paul, and you compare him to Ben Simmons, they're just not the same player positionally. Oh yeah, correct. Um, but then the problem is then so with with Philly like. What they really need is if they're going to build around Ben, is they need shooters at every position. They need to do what the Bucks have done with Giannis. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Giannis doesn't play point guard. He plays center or power forward for for um, Milwaukee, but he he's essentially still the offense goes through him. Yeah. So I see the same thing it's for Le- Ben. Same as LeBron. Yeah, like Ben could have two guards and a wing next to him. And he's the power forward, but that doesn't mean that the offense wouldn't have to, wouldn't necessarily th- like flow through him still. Um, but he'd still, in saying that, he'd have to get better in the half court. But then Philly would have to just completely reinvent the way they play offense. I mean, there's a lot of noise out there about Brett Brown and whether he's the right coach. And it's so hard to say because it's the chicken or the egg, you know. Mm. He's look at the roster he's got. Was Steve Kerr the right coach for the Warriors the past four years? Or did he just have like four? Or just, does he just now have a trash team? Like, yeah, it's hard to know. Like, if, Brett Brown. If Brett Brown got fired bam, and someone bam. else came in, <laughs> yeah. it really what? Yeah, my opinion on the Sixers has been like this from the start: is that in the end, Embiid and Simmons aren't going to be best together. They're going to be best separated. Mm, I agree. Philly had just got that decision. And so, speaking of OKC, it's a little bit like that. Like. I see this phase of the Sixers right now with the young guys. Um, and I see it similar to the OKC phase where you had Harden, KD, Abaka, Westbrook, all there. And they were talented enough to get all the way to the finals. And they looked like they were going to be a dynasty for years to come. 
and it all bit by bit broke away, fell apart. They ended up keeping Westbrook and they built around him. And Dan, that Dan's just shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know what yeah. happened, right? So I can imagine something similar with this Philly team where, I mean, Marco Fultz is already gone. That didn't work out. And it's just a matter of how quickly are they going to make these decisions? Are they going to do what OKC did and just let it decay and bit by bit break away? Or are they going to make some decisions go, right, we're going to build around Embiid? That means trading Holford. That means trading Simmons. That means hmm. whatever it means. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to build around Embiid. But they haven't done that. They've, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They don't, they don't <laughs> want to get rid of Ben Simmons because they're too scared that that's the wrong decision to make. But then they're also not prepared to build around Ben Simmons. Yeah. Because that yeah. would mean getting rid of Embiid. Hmm. You can't do that. Embiid's like, yeah. he's you, literally like one of the best players in the league. Do you think they're just waiting for Simmons, you know, because he's still obviously a super young player they're probably just waiting for him to develop. But do you think that, you know, this is just the Ben, ben Simmons um, that we're going to see? Do you think they're kind of just trying to make that decision whether, okay, shall we just wait to see if he's going to develop a jump shot or if he's going to develop as a as a more rounded player? Or is this just who Ben Simmons is? Like, he's just this type of player. Like, yeah, are we looking at it, you know... He's not a Luca. He's not a. He's no, not no. a. Uh, you know, he's not a player that's going to kind of develop and become a well-rounded basketball player. He's got these strengths, and that's who he is. Is that you know? I think maybe that's just who Ben Simmons is. Mm. Maybe well, I've definitely got some out of the box answers to that question. He's always good. I, yeah, I sort of did a little bit of a rant on Twitter a little while ago. Yeah, when you really break this question down, can Ben Simmons shoot? Well, the answer is, yeah, he can. He's hit a couple of corner threes already this year. He's barely taken any. Mm. Um, so then it's just a matter of why doesn't he shoot then? And that's where the question gets really interesting. And this is where I think it really comes down to some sort of weird power thing, or some sort of weird power struggle between Brown, Embiid and Simmons. And I think Butler was involved in this as well, but he's obviously lost out and he's gone. But Simmons could become a, a player that shoots and is more well-rounded. And he's only 23, so he's going to develop more. But I think that he probably is trying to sort of force the organization into a position where they actually choose him and they build around him. And then maybe he becomes that player. Because if he starts to become the player that just complements Embiid and, and he just gives up on being the star piece, the centerpiece... And he becomes a complimentary piece for Embiid. And he does whatever Joe, Joe wants and mm. the whole thing. And then they win. And then Ben Simmons isn't the finals MVP. He isn't the main star. Mm. He's just a role player. He's just Scotty Pippen. He's basically establishing himself then as a role player on a, on a championship level team. His agent's Rich Paul. He came into the league as like the next LeBron. Mm. I think that there's a... I honestly think there's a part of him that doesn't try that hard when he doesn't get his own way. Mm. And and it's frustrating for Sixers fans. I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. And it's frustrating because... And, 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 you know, people that don't watch the Sixers a lot and they just look at box scores and particularly Celtics fans and stuff like that, mm. they see... They, they, they think that Ben Simmons is just this and he's just that. But, like, he's capable of so much more than what he shows most yeah. of the time. 
Every now and then he lets it out of the box. And you're like, he's a top three that? defender in the league, like hands down. Hands he's leading down. the league in steals. I, even that, right? I think that this year, he's someone in his camp has decided what you're going to go for is first team all defense or mm. defensive player of the year, but first team all defense. And so, no matter what, you're going to defend hard every single game. You want to be an all star and you want to be on the first team all defense. I, I actually think that's more important for him personally than Philly winning a championship with him as a second or third best player. Yeah. For his and, and it definitely we've got to definitely. you're naive if you think that the NBA isn't a business <clears throat> and it's and players and agents don't think and try to maneuver things like this. Correct. They do. And especially when you're talking about Rich Paul. Mm. Yeah. Well there's clauses in his contract too that he'll make more money if he makes a first all team at, at defensive or a first or not even a first all team, like an all NBA team. Mm. I think when players get to a point <clears throat> and it's like, okay, you're 26, you're 27 now, this is what you are. You're either uh, a franchise leader, cornerstone, or you're a second, you're, you're the second star or the third star mm. or a role player, whatever. You eventually become what you are and those guys buy in and try to win under, with their role. But when you're like a number one pick and you're 23 years old, and you've never really had the organisation choose you and build around you, I think he's holding out on them. I honestly do. Brett Brown came out and publicly said, I want to see one three-point attempt a game and eight free throws. At the very next game, he didn't take any free throws and he didn't take any three-point attempts. Like, it pretty much can't be any more blatant. Isn't that just just disappointing, though, that, you know, know, like, it's not even about the wins anymore. It's just about personal career. And I suppose that is important. Like it's important to think about where you want to go as a as a as a player and as a professional yeah. sportsman. But isn't that it's, also on the flip side? It's just like here's a team, a very talented team that could go all the way. Yeah. But there's personal, Shit just in the way. Yeah. yeah. It is, but personal it's personal stuff it's, in it's the way. It's, go back and watch the um, the first Miami Heat versus. Sorry, the first year that LeBron joined the Heat and they made the finals against Dallas. Go back and watch that series and tell me LeBron didn't give up because he wasn't going to be finals MVP. <laughs> the Heat were up 2-1. Wade was averaging like 27 points a game, like eight as he Wade was leaving the team in points, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks, everything. That's crazy. LeBron just gave up and tanked mm. the series. I, I think he... Oh, oh, I, that's huge. I, eh? I honestly... I like it though. And at that point... At that point in LeBron James's career, if he had have won his first ring and not been the Finals MVP and been the sidekick to Dwayne Wade, like that, like everything that his his whole brand would have taken a huge hit mm. to this day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it would have. He wanted to be Michael Jordan, not Kobe Bryant. Wow. So, <laughs> that you know that's that's the reality of the NBA. So like we're fans of it, but I think you've got to. And I love the game and I love and I, I don't care that it's kind of mostly made up and it's mostly narrative driven because I'm a fan of that do you know what I mean <laughs> like when you go and watch Star Wars movies you know that that's just not real but you still love it you yep. let yourself we're all artistic people we understand we create and make shit up mm. and other people you know consume it and we consume it we love it <laughs> <laughs> the NBA is also it's a sport but it's also a business and it's also yeah. Yeah. 
So that's my sort of take on the the, the initial question about. Okay, so while we're on sixes, what is your New Year's resolution for that team? Okay, so yeah, my New Year's resolution for that, it's not so much for the team, it's for the fan base to just relax and let this season happen. Because I don't think that they're going to make, or everything I just spoke about, I think it needs to happen after this off-season. Mm. I think that the Sixers made a decision to construct the roster this way. They're 2-0 against Boston. They smacked the shit out of the box. They're built perfectly to beat the Lakers. The Clippers they might struggle against. So I would just like to sort of say, just, I hate the noise. It's just too loud on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, my New Year's resolution would be for everyone to just relax, understand that the team is what it is. It's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, don't trade Simmons or Embiid or anyone else and just have a go, see how they go in the playoffs. And then after this season, make your moves. that's when all the big moves need to be made. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you make your decisions. You trade... You trade one of the two and you've punt the coach if he's no good. Mm. Yeah. I still think they're very capable of coming out of the East, especially after seeing what they did to Bucks on Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They're a good team. Great team. What's, yeah. what's, let's go on the Lakers. What's your um, resol- New so Year's I, I resolution? I just want to say, I'm not actually a Lakers fan. I'm a LeBron fan. <laughs> well, yeah, like all, all three of us. I'm not really a Sixers fan. If you've been listening to this podcast fan. from the day, like day dot, you'll know that I love LeBron. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I live here in Australia. I've got no geographical ties to any one team. So I'm just following the king. Um, the Lakers. Fucking get rid of Kyle Kuzma, right? <laughs> Gosh, shits me to tears. Everything from his fucking entryway, his fashion sense, his little fucking head. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. <laughs> Do, um, okay, so at the start of I'm the season... Sure you've only got to go back one or two podcasts and you would... No, probably the last podcast. Really talking Sucking his dick. I know. Yeah, I was. I was definitely talking him up as he's going to be their third scoring option. They need him. He's on a good contract. I can see him taking a huge leap this season. Look, he he had that injury and he now he's on minutes restrictions and stuff or has been on minutes restrictions, but um, he's shooting career low field goal percentage. He lacks a lot of maturity on the basketball court. He doesn't seem to be working great alongside AD and LeBron. I don't know. I think just selling while while his trade value would be high, and while he's um, he's sort of. Thank you, my brother. Just got me cold beer from the fridge. It's why we love you. Um, yeah, sell high while you can. I think he's still probably highly regarded for a lot of NBA teams. So I think now's the time to sell. I think okay. Here's the thing with the Lakers. I, I want to see Lakers make. I just want to see him make a trade or sign one of. Well, not, oh, look, I'd love to see him get Darren Collison because, as I said, I reckon he's going to be a great fit, but it would be great to see him land someone like Andre Iguodala or JJ Redick. And how you make that work with the salary cap, I fucking don't know because they are maxed out. The Lakers have got, uh, I think it's like $1.4 million trade exception on top of the minimum that they can add to a deal for someone like Darren Collison, which might be pretty important when it comes to um, him choosing between them and the Clippers mm. because of DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins. Mm. How they would get to JJ Redick, they would need to probably put someone like Javel McGee and KCP on the table. No, I don't think KCP. I don't think they'd want to trade him. They'd have to make. He's actually KCP's actually been playing really good. Yeah. They've got a bunch of guys that are around sort of between four and three million dollars. Mm. JJ makes twelve, so they'd have to do three or four of them plus Kuzma. Mm. And then you'd have to, then to fill out the roster. They'd have to 
pick up guys off the buyout market, basically. Mm. I don't think Kyle Kuzma's attitude, much like Ben Simmons, they remind me too much of but each other. Here's the thing. The Lakers' best move is to keep Kuzma. They, I don't think they can replace him for, with someone on the same money as he is, which is who is going to be as good as he is. Yeah. The best thing for the Lakers oh, could be that it works out with him. He's getting paid, like, what is it? 1.9 million or something this season? Yeah, he's on like... He was like the 27th pick or something and he's on the end of his rookie deal. Yeah. So, I mean, value-wise... I yeah, think he's still great. got next year cheap as well. I just think this... Definitely. I just feel like this is Lakers' time. They, they win a chip this season or they're not going to win one, in my opinion. Like, LeBron, it's amazing that he's playing at this level at the age of 34, but like... Sh- I don't know. I just, I'm scared. I'm just scared that we will start seeing a decline. Like, fucking go for it now. Like, go all in. I just don't think Kyle Cosmo's mature enough yet to be that third option. I reckon that's valid. But I think that the Lakers' best bet for a championship mm. is to get someone like, if they could get Collinson and they could pick up Iguodala somehow. Oh, oh, oh that tips them over the edge. And if, then, they can, if that can happen, that tips them over the edge. That way, Cosmo's like there. Buried in the rotation. And if he plays well, because he might have. He's a microwave. You can bring him off the bench, and if he's if he's hot, he's on. If he's not, he's off. Yeah. Who it, would be the Who would be the package though? Who would Who would you package for you Andre know, Iguodala? For Andre, that's the problem because no. they're not. They, they want to gain assets and stuff. Yeah. They're not after a Caldwell Pope or a yeah. You know what I mean? And Lakers yeah. really don't have any any picks. So yeah. No, like the, the only way they get Iguodala is if he ends up getting bought out. Mm. That's but it. Memphis has said they're not going to buy him out. Yeah, but they might trade him for another team that subsequently buy, buys him out. So like, yeah, the like, chances of him landing on the trades, Lakers is it's not it's not high unless someone trades for Iguodala. Mm. Then there's a chance. Say Iguodala's salary ends up getting used mm. in a trade. I think all they really want is something for him. They want a second round pick at least. I think the Lakers would do it if they had the salary to sort of give. And maybe they, you know, maybe they still do do it. Yeah. But Iguodala's making like 18 million or 20 million. So it's a lot of salary to come up with. Yeah. yeah. It's more likely, to be honest, that, um, yeah, someone with expiring money, like we were talking about OKC before, they might be able to get their hands on Iguodala mm. for Gallinari and, and whatnot. Gallinari. That'd be a... Oh, That'd be. I honestly don't think OKC are partnering with Gallinari. OKC oh, going oh, for he it. Hasn't, he, he, I reckon um, OKC should buy up and go for it. You know, we can talk about OKC. Anyway, anyway, yeah, back to Kuzma. That's valid. LA, they need a third, like a borderline star to just tip them over the edge. I've always thought And they someone, don't have it. Yeah. It's, yeah Danny Green's not shooting very not, well. Look, I, I always thought someone if, like Goran Drogic would be a sick... Maybe a sick third option for him or something, but in saying that, he's slowed down a little bit. I, I agree, though. I totally agree. They, yeah, well, I, Goran Drogic is another player that looked like he's heading for the buyout market, but he's yeah. actually been playing so well for Miami. Oh yeah, that I don't think and they, he, he, he legit, and he can man. shoot. Yeah, and he's playing. He's like actually accepted that six man role because yeah. they got all these young guys that heat that they're pushing forward. Yeah, and none and tight and if, hero. If but oftentimes Dragic is the best player. Mm. Coming through that second unit, mm. and so I don't know if the Heat will actually trade nah, him. No, I don't reckon they will either. <clears throat> That's the thing about Kuzma's like, who are you trading him for? Mm. Um, if you're going to trade him, it's got to be someone like what Dan was saying, a borderline. The obvious one is Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I do Kings. it. In a, I do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. He's someone. and I think Kings would do it. Let's just fucking swap right now. Get him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Kings don't want to pay him for some reason. I guess they've already committed to Buddy Heald and Fox and Bagley and all these other losers. Yeah. But um, Bogdan is a potential game changer for one of these teams. The Sixers will I wonder what Lakers too. fans would think of that suggestion. Oh, I think Lakers fans would be able to talk themselves into it pretty well. Bogdan is really good. Yeah. Don't they have a lot of like no trade clauses in, in the in the contracts like KCP yeah. and Rondo definitely does. Ron, Rondo's yeah. got one. Um, doesn't KCP a... doesn't have one. You sure? Yeah. Okay. He did last year. I'm not sure. He about doesn't. This year. He doesn't. No. Okay. LeBron and doesn't have one. You're not going to trade Danny Green because he's he's yeah. a glue guy. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. doesn't give them a lot of options. I feel like they're going to have to get quite creative. The Demarcus injury ham like yeah full ham hampered. Hampered there, hampered them? Did it though? Would you go back in time and not get Dwight Howard I mean, and have have Demarcus Cousins? No, I just mean being instead. able to move Demarcus or being able to move someone. Like it yeah. actually does hamper them in that regard. If he hadn't worked out though, he wouldn't have been much of a trade asset either. He yeah. he would have been as tradable as Rondo. Yeah. I guess. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So it's you know, that's the thing with the Lakers is like when LeBron's not in there, they all kind of suck. And we know that Anthony Davis is a great player on his own right. Yeah. But even he isn't able to carry what's left of that squad when LeBron's not there. Mm. Totally. Um, so, yeah. And like you say, Danny Green's their best defensive player. Mm. Yes. They're gonna go, they've got to go up against the Clippers. So they need two Danny Greens. They don't need to get rid of one. Because um, <laughs> yeah. they've, got, they've got to deal with Kawhi. And and here's the thing. I need Redick and Danny th- This is the Redick. main thing that Lakers fans need to understand is that the Clippers have got a lot more assets and a lot more up their sleeve. Oh, yeah. And they are going to get a good big at the deadline and probably a backup point guard as well. So that will help neutralise Anthony Davis somewhat because at the moment when the Lakers go up against the Clippers, it's like the battle of the bigs versus the battle of the wings and mm. it's been really close. But imagine what happens if the Clippers get some decent bigs as well. Mm. That'll make it real hard for the Lakers. So Yeah. The Lakers need to solidify the wing spot, like you're saying. Yeah, that's why I think it comes back to Kuzma again, in regard to a, a tradable asset. Mm. If they'll order, but then, but then, yeah, you're getting rid of another, another wing guy, another small power forward. Yeah, I would do Kuzma plus Cook and whatever the guys. Daniels, the guys aren't really playing. Yeah. For Bogdan, if if that was if Kuzma was enough of an asset uh, asset for the Kings, and then I would you'd think he would be, and I'd be hoping to pick up Collison and Iguodala off the buyout market or the you know the free agent market. That would put Lakers firmly favourites. Then I think that I think that gives them the edge. Yeah, I reckon that's probably a best case scenario for the Lakers. My New Year's resolution is that AD and LeBron stay healthy, and that yeah they they bolster their backcourt. Yeah. Um, now, I think we already have done OKC to an extent, but what's your New Year's resolution for OKC? Oh, my New Year's resolution would be, obviously, what I said before, I'd love for the... I think they're sitting eighth at the moment, but they're seventh, four, maybe. four games above the Spurs, I think. So they're, they're sitting pretty comfortably. Yeah. For me, it would be some more scoring options. I think sometimes they struggle a little bit with their, their backcourt. I think I, I do think Shrouder's just a really good backup uh, when Chris Ball's off, and obviously he's getting older, but he's still playing incredible. Mm. Thirty four, and he's still he's mm. still balling. Oh yeah! But I think I think it would be great 
to find some, you know, I think a game, like similar kind of problem, mm. I feel like they just need a pure three-point shooter, yeah. a knockdown shooter, and I just think it would open up the floor a lot for them. So they and need J.J. Reddick too. They need J.J. Reddick as well. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs J.J. Everyone Reddick. Everyone needs a J.J. Reddick, a good-looking Call him up. Yeah, good-looking man from Montauk. Yeah. Is he, he lives in Montauk, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Holiday house. A JJ Reddick that can defend is what everyone needs. Yeah, yeah that's it. Clay Thompson, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Well, I think OKC, like, man, if they can, if they're in this buyout market and they can get someone's, like, another piece, who's to say they can't make it deep into the playoffs? Like, SGA, that guy's a fringe all star. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's awesome. He's going to have a great career, that guy. Um, Gallinari, when, he, when that guy's healthy, he's epic. They've got great veterans around him too. Yeah. I feel like they're going to develop him really well. Yeah. A Chris Paul versus James Harden playoff matchup would be nice. Oh, oh. wouldn't it? I well, then you've got Westbrook in the mix too. It'll be chipping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then you'd have OKC. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. I'm you telling you. Okay, none of us had OKC in our top eight predictions, right? No. Nah. But if I'm the NBA marketing department, I am making sure that OKC stays in that seven... Six range, yeah, and end up facing either the Clippers or the Rockets. Yeah, okay, because that see, is just too too perfect. They're playing with house money at the moment. No one expected them to be not at all, you know, yeah. this good. And they've got this slew <laughs> of just fucking picks and assets that you know in the wings. So there's they're one, in a really good spot, man. They're in a, the best spot they've been in since they had Kevin Durant. There's one trade that makes sense for both teams, that, but Boston fans don't like it. And it's and you might not like it either because this is would sort of push your like your alliances out east. But Stephen Adams for Gordon Hayward. No. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's it's a hard no from both teams. Oh, I wonder. Like, I mean, obviously you've you're a Stephen Adams boy, but like, I wonder how other OKC fans would view that trade. Like, I reckon a lot of them would be pro having Gordon Hayward on their team. Yeah, oh, insane. Yeah, like Adams is one of the. He's, Adams, oh. he's he's sort of like this glue, right, for the team. He's like this defensive he anchor. Would, he would make a huge different for difference for Boston, particularly because they're going to yeah. come up against size. He'd benefit Boston more than Hayward would benefit OKC. Yeah, I guess this is probably more a move that you make if you're OKC if you're not going to try and compete because you're, you know, you're you're basically offloading your veterans at that point for what you can get back. Mm. So, but in saying that, like we're saying, like they sort of lack that, Hayward would be the lone sort of scoring wing option, really. Gallinari, is, what's, he, what's he been doing this year? I haven't, I've been watching OKC, he hasn't been playing. Has he been injured, maybe? Who? Gallinari. Gallinari's been playing. He's been playing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing great. He's, I mean, he's, he's pretty much the main scoring option and and Chris Paul, those two. Yeah. Um, I saw the SGA's take like the last. He's been averaging the, what was it twenty eight points the last ten games or something. Yeah, he's been playing really. He's, really he's on my fantasy. He's really been he's doing me some wonders. Yeah, I guess I. I'm, yeah, I can totally. That'd be like if someone just sort of said, "Oh, can you trade Ben Simmons to one of my most hated teams?" I wouldn't be stoked on it. <laughs> um, so I do get your um, reaction. Yeah, but um. Yeah, just no, just last last thing I want to talk about in the trade front is what do you see for Kevin Love? 
Yeah, Cavs are a, pretty confident there. That's a tough one. That's going to happen. Do you know what it is? It's it's almost like no matter where he goes, I don't think he's going to push them over the edge. I think the days of Kevin Love being some sort of league changing. That he was that for LeBron in what was it two thousand and ten? Oh no, sorry, two thousand and fourteen. To a degree. Yeah, but even then it was only to a degree. Mm. So say he goes to Portland. That's what everyone's talking about. That doesn't make them a Portland contender. Portland like they're washed. They're washed bigs, eh? That doesn't make them a contender. No way. Look, I, I wouldn't make any moves if I'm Portland. I'd just let the car, I'd let the ship sink with Carmelo at the fucking mast. <laughs> just see, <laughs> just see what happens. See if he drowns or not. The other team's Miami. They don't need him. Look, they could use him. I don't think Miami. I think the way Miami are, Miami are currently constructed is I wouldn't fuck with it. I reckon it's good. I think that Miami could... They've got, like, the same thing with OKC. They've got expiring... I'll tell you who could use Kevin Love and it actually would push him over a bit. Who? The Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah. Give him mm. give him some of Lopez's minutes, you know? Like, yeah. Don't, you don't want Robin Lopez jacking up shots. I, would, I wouldn't really play Robin that much. Maybe give him, like, nine minutes in the second unit or whatever. But having Kevin Love pay, play 20 minutes, if you're Milwaukee He's Bucks... He's a good defender, too. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's, He's not just... bad. He can, get, he can get cooked off the dribble and stuff. But oh, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I I think he that's one team that could actually use some K love in their life. Mm. I'm a bit worried about how good Miami might be after the trade deadline. You think they're going to make moves? It's not like Pat Riley just sits silent. No, they could they could get themselves some Drew Holiday or maybe even CJ McCollum if he became available. Woo! Woo! Yeah. They could make a real run for it, eh? Look, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see the Miami Heat just oh. light it up again. Rekindle that flame. They've got a lot. Mm. They've got a lot of good young players. We've got a lot of good beers in the fridge. Yeah. Should we get to drinking them? We should get to drinking them. It's the holidays! And uh, we're here with our good mate Dan Gibbo. And yeah, we just want to sink piss and watch some Lakers versus Suns right now. So anyway, we've been the fuzz. We hope you enjoyed it. It's good to be back. I know we had a bit of a lull in between podcasts, but... Yeah. It's a busy time of the year, isn't it, Michael Keith? It is. Hey, Dan. Aaron, yes. ba- Aaron Baines. Aussie or Kiwi? How do you feel about him? Um, he's an Aussie, right? He's yeah. a, I think oh, he's a dead he, Aussie. He, born, we, he was born in New Zealand, right? Born and bred in New Zealand. He's changed allegiance to Australia. Ooh. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Russell Crowe. Kiwi or Aussie? Definitely a Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes um, You can go check out Some of Dan's amazing music on I did actually meet online. Uh, Russell Crowe's ex-wife uh, A few weeks ago Which is quite interesting She's lovely Yeah I, uh, It was it was quite a bizarre night But I ended up um, Chatting to Russell Crowe's ex-wife Wherever you are It was a lovely tra- chat um, Lovely lady Thanks for swiping right <laughs> <laughs> You can check out Dan Gibson on Spotify, check out The Frills, check out Streets Laredo, and uh, yeah, man, it's been so good to have you on. Bro, honour boys, I just, yeah, big fan, big fan of you both. I'm a big fan of you Handsome, handsome human beings. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to go and um, drink beers and uh, watch some NBA, so thank you, we're the fuzz, I'm Byron James. I'm Michael Keith. We love you!